Greetings and salutations, my fellow plebs. My name is Walker, and this is The Bitcoin Podcast. It's Wednesday, July 26th, 2023. At the time of recording, the Bitcoin block height is 800400, and the value of one Bitcoin is still one Bitcoin. Today's episode is the weekly Bitcoin news roundup. I'll cover the big Bitcoin story of the week, run through some rapid-fire news, then talk about some Bitcoin-adjacent stories that you should know about. And finally, I'll zoom out and tie a few threads together, talking about the surveillance state and the gradual erosion of freedoms. Without further ado, let's get into the big Bitcoin story of the week. Block 800,000 in the Bitcoin halving countdown. On Sunday night, U.S. time, the Bitcoin network produced block number 800,000. You may ask, why is 800,000 so significant? Isn't it just a number? And yes, you're correct, it's just a number. But it's a big round number, and it's worth noting a couple of points at this milestone. Bitcoin produced 800,000 blocks without a central bank. 800,000 blocks without a government. 800,000 blocks without a CEO or marketing department. 800,000 blocks without Silicon Valley VCs or a pre-mine for insiders. 800,000 blocks without asking for permission. In addition to the symbolic importance of a number like 800,000 blocks, this milestone is significant for a very tangible and predictable reason. The next Bitcoin halving, when the block reward is cut in half from 6.25 Bitcoin to 3.125 Bitcoin, will happen at block 840,000. So now we're less than 40,000 blocks away from this event, which will likely take place in April 2024. If you don't know what the Bitcoin halving is, I have an entire Bitcoin 101 episode dedicated to this topic. You can find it at the link in the show notes. But here's a high-level summary of why the halving is so important. The halving process results in an exponentially decreasing issuance of new Bitcoin until we reach the maximum supply of 21 million Bitcoin. We are already around 93% of the way there, and only a small fraction of the world owns Bitcoin right now. There are over 25 million millionaires in the United States alone. That means not enough Bitcoin will ever exist for even the present-day millionaires in America to own a full Bitcoin. You don't have to be a PhD economist to understand a simple fact. If demand for Bitcoin stays the same or increases, while the supply of new coins decreases, the price in fiat money terms rises. After producing block number 800,000, can you guess what the Bitcoin network did? It produced block number 800,001, then 800,002, and so on. At the time of recording, we're at block 800,400. This is why Bitcoiners say, TikTok next block. No matter what happens, Bitcoin just keeps going. Now for some rapid-fire news and Bitcoin-adjacent stories. Interest rates at 22-year high. 
Today, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates by 0.25 percentage points to a range of 5.25% to 5.5%, a 22-year high. In my humble opinion, the Fed is doing a bang-up job of setting us up for a long period of stagflation, where inflation remains persistently high, yet growth is slow. When Bitcoin ETF Via Bitcoin Archive, ProShares says its futures Bitcoin ETF has closely matched the spot Bitcoin price. This undermines one of the SEC's main objections to a spot Bitcoin ETF. At this point, old Gary Gensler won't be able to say no to BlackRock and the rest, but specifically BlackRock, for much longer. It's a matter of when, not if. Bitcoin threatens the money monopoly. In a Twitter space today, Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said, Bitcoin threatens the monopoly of the U.S. government and other governments to print endless money to fund endless wars. While he's definitely not the first one to say this, and he certainly won't be the last, it's nice to hear these words coming from a presidential candidate. The narrative in the mainstream is shifting. You can feel it. RFK Jr. also confirmed that he purchased two Bitcoins for each of his seven children after Bitcoin Miami using his commission from the Monsanto case. And wow, that must have been a nice fat check. Bitcoin Price Prediction Via Markets Insider, Bitcoin could soar to $180,000 before the April 2024 halving, as potential BlackRock ETF helps drive demand, Fundstrat says. Now, I'm not a fan of price predictions in general. That's why I say at the beginning of every show, the value of one Bitcoin is still one Bitcoin. But I think it's worth pointing out when these predictions come from the mainstream sources, or legacy sources, let's say. It shows how the narrative is shifting, how more and more people are waking up to the power and potential of Bitcoin. As an aside, on this day in 2020, the big headline was, Bitcoin rises above $10,000 for the first time since early June. With Bitcoin hovering just below $30,000 today, I'm sure all of us would love to go back to 2020 and stack more cheap sats. Three years from now, you're going to look back on today's price and think the exact same thing. Tesla still holds Bitcoin. Via Bitcoin Archive, Tesla still holds $184 million worth of Bitcoin and has reported no change in its Bitcoin holdings for the fourth consecutive quarter in Q2 2023. In Q2 2022, Tesla made headlines when it sold more than 30,000 Bitcoins, accounting for roughly 75% of its total holdings, for $936 million. Despite this significant sale, the company has not engaged in any further Bitcoin transactions, maintaining its remaining holdings. BlackRock is bullish. According to a 2022 BlackRock report shared by Mike Hobart that's been making the rounds on Twitter, Bitcoin provides, quote, positive skewness, unlike other investable assets and strategies such as equities, option markets, hedge funds, high-yield bonds, real estate, equity indexes, government bonds, currencies, and commodities. So basically everything you could possibly invest in. Here's the wild part. According to the BlackRock report, quote, the optimal BTC allocation is large, 84.9%. The remainder of the portfolio, 
15.1%, is split 60-40 between equities and bonds, with 9.06% in stocks and 6.04% in bonds. Say niet to CBDCs. Via Disclosed TV, Putin signed a law introducing a central bank digital ruble and creating an appropriate electronic platform. You're going to continue seeing a lot of these announcements from central banks around the world, especially in countries with more authoritarian leanings. Bye-bye, Bluebird. Elon Musk rebrands Twitter to X with the goal of creating the Everything app and has previously praised the Chinese super app WeChat. Clearly, Elon is trying to go far beyond social media, and one of the first steps will likely be the integration of payments within the app. Sadly, Elon has long ignored calls from Bitcoiners to implement the Lightning Network on Twitter, I mean X, opting instead to pump Dogecoin to the unwitting masses. My guess is Elon will create his own shitcoin for this specific purpose, probably called Xcoin because he really loves that letter. After all, Elon knows he can't control Bitcoin, so even if Bitcoin and Lightning are the best options, he'll want to go in a direction that allows him to exert complete control. The best option? Create a new shitcoin. Speaking of shitcoins, next up, WorldCoin's dystopian vision. If you haven't heard of WorldCoin, this week it officially launched. You may have seen it on Twitter or Noster. It's the dystopian eyeball-scanning shitcoin created by OpenAI's Sam Altman and Alex Blania. It's funded by a long list of VCs, including the distinguished super scammer Sam Bankman-Fried, the folks at Andreessen Horowitz, Three Arrows Capital, and many, many others. I don't want to spend too much time on this dystopian shitcoin. Am I saying dystopian shitcoin too many times? Anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on this dystopian shitcoin, so I'll just point a couple things out. 1. Worldcoin is not launching in the USA right now. It's being promoted in the global south primarily. Ask yourself why. 2. There is a massive allocation, 25% of the WorldCoin tokens to the VCs, developers, and a reserve fund. This should be a huge red flag for anyone with half a brain. 3. This should go without saying, but they are literally scanning your eyeballs and creating the CIA's wet dream for enabling a global surveillance state where every move, every purchase, every interaction, whether online or in person, is catalogued analyzed, and ready to be used against you if you should step out of line. According to Altman, quote, The goal is simple, a global financial and identity network based on proof of personhood. This feels especially important in the AI era. Well, isn't it convenient that Sam Altman, whose company created one of the most popular AI tools, ChatGPT, has been testifying in Congress about the dangers of AI? and asking for regulation that makes it harder for small competitors to compete with giant incumbents, like his company, and harder for individuals to access open-source AI solutions. And isn't it convenient that Sam has been warning that the very AI tools his company created 
will make it difficult to establish who is actually a person. Isn't it convenient that Sam Altman just launched WorldCoin, which wants to scan and store the retinal data of billions of people to, quote, solve the very same problems he's warning Congress about? The problems his company helped create? Isn't it convenient that Congress hasn't called any hearings to discuss the ethics and dangers of creating a global eyeball catalog tied to a currency that is owned and controlled by a private company? I mean, it's almost like governments around the world would love to have a database of everyone's eyeballs tied to their financial lives and internet presence. As Preston Pish pointed out, when Zuckerberg tried to launch Facebook coin, Libra, in 2019, he was immediately called to a congressional hearing, and the whole thing was shut down. Kind of makes you think who's behind Sam Altman, and why he's just running around talking about this new centralized UBI identity coin, with no fear from the SEC or anyone else in government, especially after all the lawsuits in the past 12 months. Okay, I realize I said I wasn't going to spend too much time on this dystopian shitcoin, but here we are. I guess I should give it a rest, right? I mean, if I'm not careful, I might be labeled a conspiracy theorist or something. After all, maybe Sam Altman is genuinely trying to help humanity by offering people a VC-backed token created out of thin air with 25% for insiders in exchange for a complete retinal scan that can uniquely identify you for the rest of your life. And I'm sure the CIA, NSA, and state security agencies around the world definitely don't have a backdoor to this WorldCoin eyeball database. I mean, when has the government ever tried to encroach on your personal privacy or implement illegal surveillance programs? That would be crazy, right? Anyway, you catch the game last night? Unconstitutional Financial Surveillance Coin Center's case challenging Congress's expansion of Section 6050I of the tax code was dismissed a few days ago. You should be paying attention because this will impose mass surveillance on ordinary Americans no central bank digital currency required. Remember that sneaky addition to Biden's infrastructure bill in 2021 that most people forgot about? Now that Coin Center's case was dismissed, on January 1st, 2024, this law will require anyone receiving crypto or Bitcoin payments greater than $10,000 to report the transaction to the IRS and government and report the personally identifiable information of the sender as well. No warrant required. From Coin Center's lawsuit in 2022, quote, The reporting mandate would force Americans using cryptocurrency to share intrusive details about themselves, both with each other and with the federal government. Under the terms of the mandate, everyday senders and receivers of cryptocurrency would be forced to reveal their names, social security numbers, home addresses, and other sensitive personal identifying information. Receivers would then have 15 days to report all of that information about both parties, along with the details of their transactions, to the federal government. The 2021 Amendments Reporting Mandate would also require the receivers to maintain records of their transactions 
and the personal identifying information of senders for five years. Now, this is a blatantly unconstitutional move by the Biden administration, and one that is not getting nearly enough coverage from the legacy media. The question I have is, will any of the pro-Bitcoin candidates use their platforms to speak up about this? Fed now launches. Via BTC Times, the Federal Reserve unveils new instant payment system, FedNow. And according to the Federal Reserve, quote, The FedNow service is a payment service the Federal Reserve is making available for banks and credit unions to transfer funds for their customers. It is like other Federal Reserve payment services, such as FedWire and FedACH. The FedNow service is neither a form of currency nor a step toward eliminating any form of payment, including cash. The Fed is clearly trying very hard to convince people that they aren't trying to get rid of cash or implement a CBDC. Don't worry. In my opinion, they're using the good old foot-in-the-door technique. They're getting people to accept a modest change. I mean, who wouldn't want a faster payment service, right? In order to make people more receptive to larger changes, like a central bank digital currency, later on. They will gradually start making cash more difficult to use, like the ECB is doing already in Europe. Do not be the frog in the pot of boiling water. Pay attention to what central banks around the world say and what they do. The best way to protect yourself from the eventual implementation of CBDCs is to study Bitcoin and stack sats. They can do whatever they want with fiat money, but they can't fuck with Bitcoin. To wrap up today's show, let's zoom out and talk about financial surveillance, CBDCs, and the gradual erosion of freedoms. Between WorldCoin launching a dystopian shitcoin retinal scanning orb that rewards you with a token created out of thin air, the dismissal of CoinCenter's lawsuit against unconstitutional tax reporting requirements, FedNow launching, and Elon wanting to emulate the Chinese WeChat, there's a lot of shit hitting the fan all at once. Add to that the fact that 93% of central banks are engaged in some form of CBDC work and the picture becomes very clear. Governments and big tech corporations are aligning in the interest of taking as much personal data from you as they possibly can and exerting absolute control over the tool that touches every aspect of your life. Money. Ask yourself this. Do you think Sam Altman and the VCs that back WorldCoin are honestly interested in helping people? Or do you think they found a slick, shiny way to make a bunch of money and potentially sell some backdoor eyeball data to three-letter agencies on the side? Do you think the social media we use should try to emulate Chinese platforms that allow complete government surveillance and censorship? I mean, why not just implement a social credit system as well, right? Do you think central bankers should be trusted with even more control over the monetary system, how it works? and how people are allowed to use their money? Do you think the government has a right to know the details of 
all your financial transactions, including the personal information of all people involved, when they fund wars around the world with your tax money and the Pentagon has $3.5 trillion in assets unaccounted for and can't even pass an audit? On a personal note, my wife Carla is pregnant. Soon, we're going to be parents. We are very excited. I'm sure a lot of you listening are already parents, and if not, you likely will be one day. I want to raise our child in a world where the state and big tech do not have the absolute power to turn us into slaves of a fascist state. That's why I care so deeply about open source protocols like Bitcoin and Noster. I do not want to live in a fascist surveillance state. I do not want to be the frog in the pot of boiling water. I do not want to look back once it's too late and think, I wish I would have fought back. That's why I speak up. My fellow plebs, it is incumbent on us to push back against the erosion of our freedoms. Do not let the cancerous boot of totalitarianism get its foot in the door. Speak up. Push back. If not us, who? If not now, when? I'll leave you with this. The state does not protect your freedoms. You are already free. And that's a wrap on this week's Bitcoin News Roundup. You can find me on Noster by going to primal.net slash walker. If you want to follow the Bitcoin podcast on Twitter, go to at Titcoin podcast and at Walker America. You can find the video version of this and all the podcasts at youtube.com slash at Walker America. Bitcoin is scarce. There will only ever be 21 million. But Bitcoin podcasts are abundant. So thank you for spending your scarce time to listen to another fucking Bitcoin podcast. Until next time, stay free.